This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Outside is getting more and more warm, which means it's more, it's more, way more gooder, in my opinion, in my <laughs> professional southwestern Virginia opinion. It's way more gooder out there. And we're all settled into baseball season here behind the Braves, the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. I'm Ricky Mass from MLB.com alongside my co host and partner, director of Braves Alumni Relations, Greg McMichael. And uh, the uh, let's see what would be the right term. I was going to say purveyor of Braves fantasy camp, the presenter, not president, the uh, the overseer, I'm, I'm the commissioner, the com- ah, there we go, the commissioner <laughs> of Braves fantasy camp, yeah. and we have a guest today who a lot of you, especially you Atlanta folks, but uh, probably throughout Braves country are familiar with Brian Finneran from 680 The Fan, of course, the front row every morning on 680 The Fan, which. I say you're familiar with it here in Atlanta, but if you're an Atlanta sports fan, you can listen anywhere online or on the app, and you can check out. He and Sandra and Steak have a great show in the morning. So, And he's here especially to talk about fantasy camp. So that's a pretty cool hearing from him. Talk about your relationship with, with Brian and, and how that, that, that's yeah. developed. Yeah, so I got a chance to know Brian. Of course, you know, he also played 12 seasons in the NFL with the Eagles and the Falcons, and, and – um, I got to know him because I knew Sandra, and Sandra was – they had a show called The Root Awakening before that, and Leo was on there. And so as we were starting fantasy camp, uh, Sandra was would come down and do MC some of the events during camp in Orlando. And then we did that for a few years, and then we ended up having one here at SunTrust Park. And so I um, – would listen to Brian, got a chance to meet him, and um, just ask him if he'd want to come and be a part of that. And he did, and he loved it. And, and then I started asking him to emcee some of the events during fantasy camp. He did a great job. So it kind of just evolved from there. So now he's he's all in. He plays all year long with some of our guys that uh, have a, a team here locally that uh, he, he'll talk about. But, um, yeah, he's been great. I mean, he – He's uh he's a pretty interesting fellow. If you watch how he um how he played, you know, obviously he's a big guy, wide receiver. But uh, he's also does a lot of stuff off the field. I mean, he's Walter Payton man of the year in college. He's got his number retired at Villanova. He was Falcons man of the year in 2009, and then now he's continuing his awards with the Fantasy Camp Championship two years in a row and he's won an MVP down there. So, it was fun to get to talk to him. He's he's always willing to to tweet out stuff about camp, and then uh, of course the guys love him. He's very personable, and he's and he's a good player. He's a good athlete, so you know he's always one of the first guys drafted down there, and they want him on his team because he can still run really well. Runs out, and he looks in great shape. Yeah, he looks in great yeah. shape. Yeah, and he stays busy. I mean, he's he's got young kids, and he's probably out there throwing ball with them, kicking soccer ball, and 
across. I don't know what else what else he's into, but he's definitely very active. I'm sure he still work out works out and all that stuff. So it's always good to have a guy like Brian who's still relatively young and, and you want him on your team because it's not easy covering an outfield down at fantasy right. camp. Those are still big league fields. He can run and, and uh, catch fly balls and all that good stuff. So he's he's a key ingredient for uh, some of the the teams down there. It's cool for me just to meet him finally in person because he and I, have like we follow each other on Twitter and have for years now. Oh, okay. And have tweeted back and forth and had fun on there and all that. And so when he was leaving, I was like, man, it's, finally, it's nice to finally meet you in person. <laughs> I was like, likewise. I've always wanted to. It's just our paths have never crossed in person until now. So it's nice to actually put a – a face with the Twitter handle and all that, which, I mean, I knew what he lo- looked like, obviously, but it's just good to get to me in person. And to hear you guys talk about uh, the the atmosphere of fantasy camp was pretty cool for me, and it got me fired up, and I can't wait to come down there and check it out next year. You know what? Instead of me sitting here r- rambling on about it, why don't we just get to that? Here he is, Brian Finneran. Finn, good to see you. Good to be seen. Yeah, welcome to the uh, Alumni Lounge, and you're just getting off the air talking since, what, 6 this morning? That's right. Just got done over there at uh, 680 in the front row, so I get to check out the Alumni Lounge and hang out with the Braves alumni now. There you go. Well, I appreciate you coming on, and, um, you know, I guess you could say that you talk for a living now, right? I do. It was funny. We uh, interviewed my head football coach from Villanova University, Andy Talley, like a month ago, and... Steak Shapiro asked him if he ever thought I would be doing this <laughs> on the radio. He's like, he literally wasn't sure if I even spoke English, my head football coach. I said so little in college. Really? When I was there, I was just super quiet. Brad and I, my twin brother, were a little bit shy. And we just, uh, it took us a while to grow into ourselves, I guess, and become comfortable and confident in what we were doing. And never in his wildest dreams did he think I would be doing sports talk radio after my football career. Yeah, ever. that's crazy. Yeah. I, was re- I was reading about uh, you going to Villanova and how you ended up there, and it's it's Wikipedia is always my first place I check, but that's, of course, you know, you can't ever really trust that. So I was curious, is the story of how you ended up at Villanova with your brother, Brad, is that that's how it went? Like that was the only place to offer both of you? Yep. I had some lukewarm looks from Oregon and Oregon State, who were bad programs at the time, and they kept pushing back a visit for me, and it never happened. And then Villanova came knocking in January um, and offered both Brad and I football scholarships. Right before that happened, we were very close to going to the Naval Academy on a basketball deal. We had the assistant basketball coach from the Navy uh, in our room, in our living room and talking us up, and we got accepted and passed all the tests and everything else. And then when Villanova came knocking, uh, Brad and I had a quick conversation with ourselves about if we wanted that military commitment, um, mm. and we decided that uh, a football career at Villanova and education at Villanova was probably the way to go for us, and it seemed it worked out pretty good. Well, you know, I watched the 30 for 30 on the Big East. Have you seen that one? I haven't seen that it's one phenomenal. yet. It's phenomenal. So it talks about, you know, Bayheim and um, all those guys, the coaches, and how they were pulled together through the Providence coach. I can't remember his name, but uh, he's the one that kind of had the, the vision for the Big East. And um, just the story, John Thompson and Bayheim and – and uh, Mas- Calhoun, M- Massimino. Yeah, I mean Raleigh, those guys. Is, yeah, and then even Patino was at Providence after oh, this okay. guy took over. That's right. But it really, yeah, it gives you a great perspective. Of course, I grew up in the era of the the Big East. You know, kind of coming into its own from a basketball standpoint. And that story was fascinating about how that guy pulled together and his just his grand 
grand you know scheme of getting them at the as it was not the garden but the uh, um, Madison downtown Square. Madison Square yeah, yeah. Madison yeah. Square Garden was where you would have the tournament every oh. year so it was great if you haven't seen that but it, so it, it made me a, appreciate uh, some of the things that you probably experienced oh yeah big time Villanova. so my cousins uh, my dad's from Boston so I got uncles and cousins up there and um, one of my gosh I guess it would have been my cousin um, he went for like 25 years before he passed away and his kids continued the tradition so Brad and I got to know them very well because they came to games against Boston University and Northeastern and New Hampshire and Rhode Island. We played all those teams when I was played football at Villanova. So all my family in Boston got to come travel for a short distance and watch us play. So we got to be very tight with them in this, maybe my senior year. And about three or four years after that, Brad and I both, mainly me, but Brad came to a couple, went to the Big East tournament at the Garden before mm. it dismantled and became the new Big East. And when I talk about the most unbelievable <laughs> basketball games and competition and scene and environment. I mean, pack yeah. the garden, uh, the amount of betting and drinking and hanging out and just it was an it was a full on event that people literally twenty years in a row people would go yeah. to. Those Georgetown teams, oh. of course, I remember Patrick Ewing and but there was one guy for Syracuse that's like the most popular biggest player ever. He ended up going the, and he couldn't he he could not be stopped. He was unbelievable, and I, I'm just drawing a blank on his name. But if you go back and look at the Georgetown-Syracuse yeah. final where it was there was some controversy at the very end where they did a technical foul and they were going to kick one of the Georgetown guys out, and the the, um, the refs got together and they decided not to. And it, it might, his name might have been Eddie something. But but anyway, it was uh, that's a great, great uh, uh, Georgetown kind of final with Syracuse. So uh, was it always a package deal? Did it have to be you and your brother? Uh, it was, for the most part, yes. Um, we thought about going to um, a small school in Northern California, Santa Clara or something like that, to go play hoops. Uh, but we always, for some reason, we were kind of attached at the hip. Identical twin brother. We really did everything together. Mom dressed us the same for years until we realized it wasn't the cool thing to do anymore. <laughs> and um, Did little jumpers with bow ties. Right. All you could get. So... We just um, – and we also felt like going away to school, having both of us together would give us a, a leg up and have somebody you could talk to, somebody you could room with and not, not worry about what they were doing and what their hygiene was like. Yeah, so, it really, it made the transition pretty pretty cool. And at the time, I was um, getting ready to have my first child, you know, right out of high school. Wow. My wife, my girlfriend at the time, that became my wife a couple years later. So, Brad was the only one that knew when we went to training camp at Villanova. And uh, not until my wife called um, and said uh, she's going to go to the hospital. I was in the dorm, and I said, all right, I better call the head coach now. So wow. he, called, he said, go home, take care of your business, and get back here as soon as you can. So I did. Man. It was nuts. It is nuts. So I, I was curious about, uh, you know, reading Greg's story of how he, you know, certainly wasn't a sure thing that he was ever going to get to the big leagues. Actually, coming out of school wasn't even a sure thing you were going to get to play anything with your medical issues younger when you are younger. Reading that you played for the Barcelona Dragons en route to the NFL. I mean, I, I was how did that how was that experience and how did that lead you back to the NFL? Sure, uh, started out with the Seahawks and got cut and didn't make the team. And there's a wide receiver coach name was Milt Jackson at the time. Nice guy. Um, I was in a tough spot. They had a sixth round draft pick they kept instead of me, and I played pretty good, but not good enough that time. I was still learning. And um, when I got cut by Seattle and I was heading home back down to California. Milt Jackson called me, and he said, go play football somewhere. You're good enough. You just got a little more muscle on, develop a little bit, mature, and I think you can play in this league. Go play in, you know, arena league. Go play in Europe. Go play in Canada. Figure something out so you you, st you got what it takes. So 
that was kind of my kind of my moment where I was like, all right, I can give this thing a shot. So my agent and I talked about it, and we um, put my name in uh, out there for arena ball, and then also in NFL Europe. And the goal was to go to Europe because you play real football with uh, guys you know and uh, guys you've been around, and, and um, you don't have to worry about arena league walls and rules and everything else. So I got drafted by the Barcelona Dragons um, over there mainly because one of my quarterbacks in Seattle, his name was John Kitna, and uh, he liked me. He called Jack Bicknell and said, you got to get this kid if he ends up coming to Europe. Jack Bicknell is our head coach for the Dragons, and um, and the rest was kind of history. I had a great season over there in Europe, played uh, wide receiver, a little bit of special teams, and was third in the league in receptions and touchdowns and yards, and we made it to the World Bowl, and we lost to the Frankfurt Galaxy uh, in the World Bowl. And it was a great experience. I learned how to play special teams. I put on like 10 pounds of muscle. Uh, it's a It was a great product for me because I was able to mature and develop and learn uh, just a few more things, not only about myself but about the game. And then I came back, I signed with the Eagles and uh, and made their roster. Yeah, it's a shame that uh, football doesn't have a minor league system right. like, like we do in baseball, which, you know, you take young guys and you give them four years to develop. I mean, you never know. I mean, it's hard to project what somebody's going to be like as long as they keep playing. So right. you know you needed that experience. So it just gives you some – you know, more period of time to, to be able to mature. Yeah. I've never figured out why football, you know, hasn't done more in the help develop some of those leagues, but they don't seem to as, – as big as NFL is, and you think as much money as that they make, I know. they would have some sort of supported minor league system right. to help them continue to develop players. Yeah, thousands of guys get cut every single year off of training camp rosters. you got 90 guys coming to camp, 40 of those get cut, and then you got 30 teams. You're talking about 12, whatever it is, 1,200 guys – every season getting cut before the season even starts. So um, the AAF just tried to do it, and they've bent over backwards and go bankrupt, which is crazy. I, don't, I just – if the NFL is not involved in helping do it with their financial backing, then teams are going to have a tough time making yeah. it. I, I just That's what they did in that. Europe. They NFL backed That's why it's called yeah. NFL Europe. And I think they got tired of spending money that they weren't seeing any results on. So <laughs> unfortunately, it, for them, it was about making money. Yeah. And um, for us players, it was about trying to get back in the league, and they just couldn't sustain anymore. They didn't want to anyway. I think it, they can. I guess they made a conscious decision that yeah. they don't. There's nothing to develop. It's if you're not developed after four years of college, you're not going to develop. So right. I guess the other thing though was they built like Troy Aikman was doing his first uh, TV broadcast over in Europe <laughs> when I was there, and Brian Baldinger who was doing the same thing, and the referees are learning as well and, and getting some more action. So there is some some other guys that benefit from it, but. You're exactly right. They just didn't see the uh, the the win for them. In yeah, the end. I'm surprised. I'm surprised about that. Mm-hmm. Well, we um, one of the biggest reasons I wanted to uh, we could talk football all day long. Yeah, um, and love football and love what you did throughout your career, and um, but now I see you more often because you're one of our fantasy campers. Yes, sir. You come down and uh, we do a little deal where you come down and play and and then you help us promote uh, fantasy camp. But you've kind of taken it to another level because. You've gotten a taste of baseball. Now, did you play baseball growing up? So, I played baseball. Uh, My mom didn't let me play football growing up until I got to high school. So, we played baseball, soccer, and basketball growing up. So, baseball from T-ball to majors to pony. And then my freshman year in high school, I played. And then after that, I just kind of shut it down. We did a little bit of track in the spring, uh, baseball my freshman year. And then uh, after a couple years, we were just like – we were just working out, trying to get ready for basketball and football season. But I always loved baseball. I was always a center fielder, um, decent hitter, but nothing special. And I, I, I liked the game. And um, 
it just uh, at some point my after my freshman year, I was like, I didn't play anymore. Did you pitch at all? I didn't pitch. Really? Uh, you okay. know what? I pitched when I was young in the uh, rec ball, mm-hmm. and I was like 10 or 12. And I remember walking like six guys, and I was like, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> it left a bad taste in my mouth. And then um, I pitched for the first time in a long time up at fantasy camp this year. It's my second, third camp, second full one down there in Orlando. And to get in the cage pre-games um, with Steve Avery and um, Pete Smith Pete Smith and uh, Charlie Smith. Liebrand, yeah, Marvin right. Freeman, and all these Braves legends, and Craig McMichael for that matter, and they sit there and sh- they show you how to hold a curveball and, and where to do a four-seam and a two-seam fastball and where your feet need to be set up and just simple little coaching techniques that I took from those guys in the cage that day and yourself, Greg, to take it, and I got a chance to take it to the mound during fantasy camp. And I, like I said, I hadn't pitched since I was 12. So just being able to go in the cage and work with all those guys and the legends is just is just phenomenal. One of the things I was going to say, I remember the first time you came uh, to camp, and it was here at SunTrust Park. Right. And I remember you hitting, and didn't go wasn't going so well. It went awful. <laughs> it, was awful. <laughs> it was going awful. And but you know, obviously, we know you're a good athlete, and and you had a good swing, you know, left-handed swing. And of course, you can run. You caught everything, and and then you know, it's only a weekend. And I said, well, hey, why don't you come back? And and I'm sure that motivated you. Oh and I my think gosh. we talked about it, motivated you to get ready. We got all these guys here in Atlanta that play in the men's senior league baseball. Um, and they play, and you're now playing with them, uh, playing with them on league all year round. But I just saw that from that point to when we went down to Orlando, that there was a huge difference. Because I mean, you and I, you've you've won a MVP award now for your team. You've been on a, You've been one of the camp champions. Yeah. Two times. Back to back championships. Back to back championships. Yeah. So it's been unbelievable <laughs> from that first time, the first day when I left the SunTrust uh, fantasy camp it was a two and a half day deal. I think Friday, Saturday, Sunday, unbelievable event and, and worked out great. But I hadn't picked up a baseball bat or a glove in a long time unless I was coaching my own kids and, and working with them. Um, I left that camp, Greg, with a uh, torn oblique muscle. <laughs> oh I felt like I broke my thumb <laughs> because of the r- uh, river, what are the vibration yeah. from the wooden bone, bat. Bone oh, my oh my gosh. And, um, and I just, I was so hurt. I had a hammy. I was just. You don't – I really enjoyed doing it because you get such a level of respect for what the guy's doing, 162 games. And I'm out there for two and a half days just grinding through it, and then I come up looking like I looked afterwards. And then the performance was suspect as well. Even the first fly ball some hit me in center field, kind of a line drive. I stepped in like every dummy does in the first time <laughs> out there and zoom right over my head. So to be able to go on the radio and talk about these guys, it, it reminds me how hard it, the game is and how good they are at it. But it was fun to get back in the cage, and I started working out with a guy, and uh, Matt Novus, who's one of my teammates, mm-hmm. and Pete Smith, one of the Braves legends, has guys over, and they pitch with him and work out and do different things. And uh, after the first camp down in Orlando, um, a bunch of a couple of my buddies that live here in Atlanta asked me to do their men's league baseball. Mary had a men's league baseball. And I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. So Saturday morning comes around, and our first game's up. And uh, we play from, like – May, late April through July, it felt like forever. It's supposed to be 20 games every Saturday morning. And it's probably like five innings in, and we're probably, we were probably, we had a pretty good team. We might be up like 9 nothing or something like that. And I looked at the guy next to me, I was like, 
what do we guys, what do we do? Like seven innings out here? How long does this thing go for? He's like, no, this is a full nine inning game. <laughs> I was like, are you serious, Clark? There is no way. Because I start thinking about July and August and the heat and what's going to be happening. But the camaraderie that I built, some of those guys I met down in Orlando and here at SunTrust is just the friendships and the text messages and the group text and uh, the reunion games you guys do is fantastic too. So the whole thing was just you really eye-opening to what you could do and what some of these – we have literally um, – I don't know how old H Hector Cora is who plays catcher for us. I think he pitches a little bit, plays second base. He m he looks great, but he's got to be 60-something years old. Yeah. Uh, Dick Hill is down there every year. He's 80. 80 years old, playing baseball and, and running pitching, around. Pitching. I mean, just – it's yeah. such a, a unique – um, unique event that not that many people aren't capable of doing. I mean, anybody at any level can go down there and do it, whether you want to bring your son, whether you want to bring your father who's 80 or uh, your son who's 25 or whatever it is. Um, it really is a special, special week down there yeah, in so Orlando. Yeah, so 25 to – we've had 25-year-olds. Yep. That's the minimum, minimum that I yes. take and then up to 80. But it is interesting because my dad is now 82, but he went all the way up. He went for like five years Did in a row. Did he really? And he just had like an ankle replacement, um, a total ankle. So he hasn't been the last two was years. Was he a ball player? Uh, he just played like you when he was younger, and then he had to go to work. He was mainly a basketball player, um, but uh, he loved it. But I would, I would be out there, and of course, I've got a picture of me pitching to him. Oh, that's which awesome. is pretty awesome. He's oh, trying to hit man. off me. And of course, you know, he's just like, <laughs> you know, but, but watching some of these a 30 year old pitch to my dad who at the time he was 78 or wow. 79 I'm thinking oh lord please don't let him hit him I mean <laughs> but my my dad has never worn glasses doesn't read have reading glasses he's got 2020 vision so if anything that's if crazy. you're a hitter that's the best thing that you can have because you can see the ball right but yeah he put the ball in play he just can't run so he'd have somebody run for him but he got hits and and then he'd be mad when he couldn't pitch he got there <laughs> so it was it was a lot of fun but see, we had some good memories see, this is why i need to come down next year because yeah. i couldn't make it this year because we had chop fest going on at the same right. time but yeah. the well, last time i played anything not even baseball just slow pitch softball was the braves uh, employee tournament not this past season because the embarrassment from the one time i played was still so fresh <laughs> in my mind i what played first, i played first base and I made in two games because we got we got slaughtered both games. Uh, a lot of it was due to me. Uh, I had four errors the oh, first game no. at first base. First base <laughs> had four errors, and we were playing home plate. It was at center. We were center field on the warning track and playing back because the infield was covered during that time. So you yeah. know, could, sure didn't didn't want to make Ed and the boys. Did you uh, hit? Uh, well, I faced you one time. Oh, you did? I hit a little dribbler up the third baseline, got thrown out by a step. I know <laughs> I look like a speedster, but just they got me by a step, and then. Uh, what was the first? This is the softball, first, you know. Slow pitch, yeah. That was a, no, the first the first one was a dribbler directly back to the pitcher, uh -huh. not you. Uh, <laughs> so the airs and the not being able to hit dissuaded me. But hearing y'all talk about it, I'm like, all right, I need to come yeah. down and try fantasy yeah. camp. I need to be coached up a little they're bit. Not, a, they're not slow yellow balls. No, they right. are not. <laughs> they are not. You get some guys that can flat out throw. What's Johnson? Yeah, Tracy Johnson. Tracy Johnson mm -hmm. is what? Fifty. He's got to be my age, yeah. probably you know mid early early to mid fifties, and yeah. he brings his two boys, and uh, he pitches every game. We've had some of those guys over the years that they just they still have rubber arms. It's amazing. Amazing. And, yeah, and then uh, Robert Greason pitches. He pitched in college and maybe a little bit semi pro. He's on our team. Sure. He's on our team here uh, in oh, Marietta. Our I thought he lived in Dallas. Senior league team. Is it another Greason? No. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, he pitches. He's pretty good. And uh, Dallas, what? Dallas, Georgia? Te no, Dallas, Texas. Oh man, 
I don't know. So maybe he's greasing on the hey, back of his he, jersey. He could, <laughs> fly, he could fly him for it that. Was, I wouldn't yeah. put it past him. <laughs> so it's great. And and that's just on the field stuff. And you better come ready to play because mm-hmm. – and you better come – and Greg does a great job sending it out. Um, and you get ready to register here pretty quickly. Yep. This week we got uh, open registration for Northport. Well, this week, if you're planning on doing it next uh, February or January, January, January 14, you yep. better start getting ready today because <laughs> if you don't, you're going to feel it. And I'm kind of kidding. Greg sends out a great email before you get down there about what to do, what to do with your body, start swinging, start throwing, start doing things to get your body right because it is it's serious, serious baseball for five full days, and you are you are absolutely going to feel it if you're not prepared and you don't come down ready to go. But well, I was going to say besides the field stuff, some of the best moments are in the clubhouse, in the dugouts with your boys as you're watching guys go and you're busting chops and all the different <laughs> things that are going on. And then the friendships you make, whether it's the guy in the locker next to you that's not even on your team but just got placed there, um, whatever it might be, it's just uh, every moment of it, Just you, you almost have to take a diary and write down some of the stuff that happens because you'll forget it. And um, it's just pretty special. Well, and it's a packed full week. So, I mean, it's, you know, total VIP experience. So by the time you get there on Tuesday, we start with behind, you know, we do registration. We have BP under the lights. We have dinner out there at the stadium. And of course, you know, we're going to be at the new Cool Today Stadium down in uh, Northport, Florida, which is gorgeous. And we'll be moving from Orlando. We've already moved, and so now camp will be down there. I think you'll you'll really like. You've you, had a chance to be at the stadium. I've, I've been there twice. And? I went there for the game. Oh, it's it's beautiful. And of course, we modeled it after SunTrust Park. Plus, there's two big league fields behind it um, that are modeled. The field is modeled after SunTrust okay. Park, and then there's a, a quad of minor league fields which we won't use right now. We'll but we'll use the three big league fields. But yeah, I mean, state of the art weight room, state of the art training room. We've got a Braves Academy where we'll be staying, um, and and then we'll have you know mess hall there. We'll have the locker rooms all brand new, the the mm. um, the huge uh, indoor batting cages and just well, there's some different events we're gonna we're gonna add. We're adding a couple of things. We're gonna try to um, utilize some of the facilities. So there's a tiki tiki lounge that we have in down the third base line that we have a place we're trying to do a live karaoke one night. So we'll bring in a live <laughs> nice. band right. and have the guys, and you know how that, that'll probably go. We'll do that. We're going to do a team-building event. Have you been down to um, – sometimes they have these big facilities where people prepare for combines where it rolls up. I think there's one in Pensacola, Dr. Andrews has. It rolls up to the weight room. You look out onto a football field. Yes. It's kind of that look, except okay. it's, our, it's where all the guys from the minor leagues and the big leagues during spring training will do their speed and agility work. So there's that. We're going to use that as kind of a um, a team building event. We'll do yeah. one night as opposed to going to team dinners. Okay. We'll do all that at the facility. We're trying to do something on the beach where we have a night uh, dinner on the beach one night. And is it right so there on a <coughs> lake or a pond or something? No, there's a uh, um, Venice is just about probably 15, 20 so minutes actually away. Get on the buses and head over. to <laughs> Yeah, the we'll beach go over itself. to um, to the beach and, nice. and do that. But we're looking forward to it. it. Should be a lot of oh fun. Oh my gosh! From the sounds <laughs> of it, if you ever thought about or considered doing Braves fantasy camp. This may be the year, and you may want to jump on it quick because it sounds like this is going to be the one. Yeah, people we take be seventy people. Take seventy people, and we have about a sixty percent return rate. So we got yeah. a lot of veterans. That I mean, we just inducted three of our Hall of Famers that have been eight years in a row. So, and we've got a bunch of people who've been six and five, and so uh, these guys, like you said, they build the relationship. You guys build relationships, and it just continues to grow each year. Listen, guys. Um, the guys on my team here in the Marietta Men's League who are just they're as, as good as people as it gets. You know, I had the, I had a house fire um, seven freaking months ago and just can't seem to get almost eight now for the love. Can't seem to get 
the insurance company to do anything. And I've oh had guys gosh. on yeah. that baseball team reach out and offer houses on a lake or places to stay or whatever they wow. might need. One of the guys I met down in um, Orlando this year, Brian Busby, his wife is involved in – she's an attorney, and, and uh, she's offered her services as well if we need anything at all. So there's different things. You you know, you meet people and you network like that in such a close in close quarters and so intimate the way it is, um, whether it's dinners or hanging out afterwards and, and partying with the guys and in the locker room, in the clubhouse, in the cold tub, sharing a beer with the guy, whatever it is. You just develop all those relationships, and it's pretty special. Yeah, that was the and, – and when I first – because Greg and I first kind of got paired up last summer and started to get to know each other, and he was telling me early on about fantasy camp. And I've never been. It's something I've heard about throughout the years. Even before I started working in baseball, I mean, I'd see the ads and hear about it as a fan. But the part that I never knew about, like I understood the baseball part of it, the part that's been so impressive to me that he's talked about and now that you're talking about is the, the bonds and the kind of familial atmosphere that you guys build, and you become friends, and it becomes this this – larger network of people and associates and that's the part I just I never thought about and that to me seems like the best part of the whole thing I mean obviously playing baseball getting to face a guy like Steve Avery who by the way we've had on here and I when I first saw him I was like oh man this guy looks like he could he's, he's a got monster a few, he looks like he could still play to me and by the way I almost won the home run derby last summer at the alumni that's funny alumni weekend but. so he was our coach uh this year one of our coaches for our championship squad down there I had to throw uh the championship squad yes, in there. Yeah, like back to back right <clears throat> Back to back, yeah. yeah. You can show, show your ringer. That's Have you right. worn it to the studio and shown? Steak? Yeah, of course I did. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, both of them. I had one on each, one on each there finger. You go. So, um, Steve Avery, your coach, and Greg did the same thing for his team. You pitch to your team the last game you play is against the alumni, and uh, it's a nice little finishing touch that they do every single year. You finish the championship game, and then you take a little break. The alumni get geared up and get ready to play, and hope to God they don't hurt themselves. But your your <laughs> own coach is usually one of the pitchers against your team so Steve Avery when I was I let off for our team this year and uh, when I tell you he was throwing hard I mean he hadn't thrown in quite some time I don't think you had thrown in a while either but these guys still got a little something in the, in the tank and they don't want they do not want to get shown up on the mound <laughs> right and he walked me like but in there, in there, you don't really want to take a walk you want to try to get a hit off a big leaguer so I grounded out to second base I was just glad I touched the ball because <laughs> he was throwing pretty hard and you're right Steve Avery's a mountain of a man. Think about him in the early 90s and what he was capable of, what he was doing with that ball. Mm-hmm. He was I throwing mean, upper 90s. She's going 96, 97 from the left side with a big hook. I heard um, – Long before hook. everybody was throwing 94, yeah. 95 was, yeah. too. Yeah. TV broadcast or radio broadcast, a couple of the guys were talking about Steve and how other pitchers used to talk about him before he had the shoulder issue and said he was almost unhittable is what they mm-hmm. what they mentioned. And, just, and to be around him – down there at camp, and he is the most <laughs> lovable, like, <laughs> funniest dude down there and just enjoys being down there and working with the guys. Um, and all of them are like, are like that. That's what makes the fantasy camp so special is because they enjoy being down there and doing what they do in coaching, whether it's Terry Pendleton or, or uh, Eddie Perez or Greg McMichael and Charlie Lee Brandt's been my coach before. He's phenomenal. And just they just they want to win. There's a competitive nature, but they also want to see you improve while you're down there, and, and they just coach you up. Before before you go, I do have to have you faced Greg McMichael, and ha- if so, how has that gone? I don't know that I've faced you yet. I don't think yeah, I've man. had that opportunity. I got well, Brad Klontz. Yeah, I don't. Okay. I don't. Um, I don't. I only pitch because if one of the other pitching coaches can't. So, for instance, oh, okay. Okay. Mike Bilecki's been down before, and he would be one of the pitching coaches. 
and he can't pitch because he's got his arms bad. Right. So I would I would help with him. But his you know Avery was his coach and he can pitch. So we have the pitching coaches gotcha. since they're coaching them all week. They really kind of get jazzed up to be able to face their I own see. guys because they've yeah. probably been talking smack to I them see. or whatever. And so I love it. But one one of the funny things I remember too is that this year in Orlando, Finn was playing center field. And uh, Paul was hit. Dude. I don't know who hit it, I but it was a big it. league fly. Who, Andrew? Andrew? Andrew Jones hit it. When I say <laughs> he hit a big league fly. Big league fly ball. You know what? Uh, Acuna had one in center field the other day that he came in. He kind of misjudged and had to slide and try to get it and just missed it. Like I, feel, mm. I feel you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I've been there and done that. So Andrew Jones is at the plate, and I'm playing deep because we got one of our co- one of our players on our team throwing. And he doesn't throw hard. He throws it over, throws it over the plate, and I can just tell Andrew's licking his chops. He ain't batted in a while, so he's kind of fouling stuff off, and finally got a hold of one. And when I tell you, he hit it a hundred stories in the air, is what it felt like. <laughs> and I was almost to the warning track in center field, and I was like, "All right, I got this. I'm gonna catch a fly ball from Andrew Jones." And I'm like jogging in, and I start striding a little bit more. And I was like, holy crap, this is not coming anywhere near me. (laughs) It just continues to drop straight down. So now I'm like on a full sprint (laughs) heading in, and I'm probably probably run like 50 yards to try to get this ball now. And then I slide. I miss the ball. My knee gets a huge divot out of the turf in center field. I flip (laughs) over. The whole thing was up until that point, I made just about every play in center field until I get a big league fly ball. I was like, okay. Did Did Andrew have any commentary on your your efforts? I don't think he did. Well, his commentary was – you didn't tell me this was going to be that competitive. I'll be ready next year. You didn't give me, you know, so <laughs> he's, he blamed me blamed for no, the shoes ah, and, yeah. and he didn't hit, you know, of course he, he said, I haven't run since I quit playing. <laughs> he got picked off at second base. That was my fault because he didn't have <laughs> he shoes. Slipped, <laughs> he like, slipped in the base he goes, path. I'll, I'll be ready next he year. He was filthy too, man, and tired. <laughs> he was ready. He was, he was rusty for sure. My funniest story ever is Marquise Grissom, our very uh, second year, he was engaged to Sharon and, and so he's up there. She comes down to visit him, and he's at bat. His first at bat, he hits a pop-up on the infield. And he, he runs, and as he's coming back, she goes, is that all you got? <laughs> <laughs> Next at bat, gone. Gone? gone. No <laughs> way. He goes, how was that? <laughs> that is so funny. But so many personalities and so much uh, knowledge and history down there. Again, it's like when I was at the um, Morton Anderson's uh, Hall of Fame induction up there in Canton, Ohio. It was one of the most special moments, like a living uh, museum, watching all those guys. And it's not quite a museum uh, in a Braves fantasy camp because those guys are alive and living and, and moving pretty good. Well, it felt like it was this <laughs> year. It wasn't very pretty this year. This is actually the worst I've seen it. Who stumbled year. off the mound at one time trying to pick up the ball? Who the heck was that? I have a Jay video Howell. of it. Jay Howell. Oh, my gosh. It was unbelievable. I was laughing so hard. My gut, I think I pulled a muscle in my belly. I had That's a video possible. going, and I – Forgot to push play, and I got the end of it of him rolling around on the ground. Oh, oh my gosh. I know, and like Andrew started out the game with getting caught and falling down yep. and crawling back to second base, and Jay's falling off the mound and thought he blew a groin muscle or something. And I mean, then it was just like Pete could hardly move at second base. I mean, it was like, like I think I need to bring some younger guys next year. <laughs> so true. But you hate it because these guys are so good and they're good. And, you know, it's, it, it's more about the, the relationships. And, of course, we got guys who are extroverted. we got guys who are introverted. Guys who are good one-on-one and guys that like to teach and yeah. different things. So it kind of makes – and I tell people this all the time. You could have great alumni, but if you don't have great campers – 
then it's not as good. You could have great campers and bad alumni. It doesn't work either. But it seems like we've got just an unbelievable mix of guys that just really enjoy being there. They love baseball. They love the stories. They love to be out there on the field. And then we've got alumni that want to be there as well. So that's how that's why it works, and that's why we look forward to doing it every year. Yep, absolutely. And the few alumni I've gotten to talk to about it that we've had on here who could go down there, seeing them, they always light up, and it's genuine talking about fantasy camp. It's they love going. It just seems like such such a yeah, just a uh, just a fun vacation for everybody. Honestly, right. you and can't then, fake it. It's, uh, yeah. it's it's as genuine as it gets. And they meet up here at the ballpark. Uh, I know that fantasy campers. We have them from all around the country. We've had them from Ireland. We've had them from Canada, uh, Puerto Rico. I know that during the season they pick places around the country that they meet up for games. So if the Braves are going to San Francisco or Braves are in Chicago, they meet and uh, go to the games together. They stay in touch on Facebook. And, and then, of course, we have we try to have stuff here too as well. We've said it before when we've talked about fantasy camp. The, the, to be the first class, the first fantasy camp to, to do it at North in Northport at Cool Today, there's only one chance to do it, and that's now. It's this time. So get, get It'll be brand new one time. And that's right it. Now it'll be that's the first so true. Ones, mm-hmm. First ones in the uh, you know christening, a lot of that stuff there, which is fun. But it's just a beautiful place. It'll be the first time and I, uh, that we will actually have our own facility I was training at the at the Orlando Complex at Disney, and they haven't done anything to it <laughs> up until today. It had never been renovated, nothing. So, What do you mean you were training? You mean so you were, when I played my yeah. last year with the Braves in 2000, we were at Disney. Right. I think we went Disney either 99 or okay. 98. And it, it's the same right. then as it is now. Field's great, whatever. It's nice, but it's 20 years yeah. old. Right. Right. It it, shows. They've never done anything. So when everybody walks into this complex, it's going to be state-of-the-art and uh, just a lot of fun. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that and uh, just the dynamic of, of being in our own place, being able to see everybody enjoy that for the no, first it's gonna time. Be so sick. we'll get some good videos. It's going to yeah. be unbelievable. You'd yeah. think yeah, – I was excited about the last couple of years going down there to get a chance to be – to break in the new stadium with Fantasy Camp. Forget about so it. So what do you think you got to do different to, to get – to continue the championship run or continue the <laughs> – MVP. Yeah, you know what? We we were fortunate this year to have enough pitchers on our staff, on our team, and for fantasy camp to to get through all those games. So I may need to work on the arm a little bit because I was I'm telling you, I had two shutout, two scoreless innings, uh, with one K on. A, I can't remember what that guy's name was. I struck out. He was not happy <laughs> at all because it was the first time he struck out at fantasy camp. Well, let me tell you this: I coordinate the draft every year, so I list out all the players and I kind of I conduct the draft. Yeah, um, you do a good job. And um, you know who doesn't but, do a good job? But Jay Howell is the worst <laughs> no, drafter I've ever seen. No, no, I'm not the drafter, but I'm watching it. And oh your your group, your two guys, it was Ave and who? Oh, man, hold who's on. Your, who's your manager? It slips my mind right now, like everything else. I blame the concussions. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> I can't remember, but but I was saying that was the best draft, and I kept looking at – because, you know, we snake it. So, you know, you go – we draw from a hat, who goes first, and so it's one through six, and then six through one, you mm-hmm. know, one thing. So we snake it, so you get two drafts at a time. And I kept thinking, I'm looking at my sheet. I'm like, why, why is nobody picking him? Why, why aren't they pick, Why are they waiting, waiting? And Abe just kept getting the right guy. Oh my gosh! Every time, and it wasn't Eddie and Abe, was it? Wasn't no. Eddie Press? No. Okay. Gosh darn it. Well, um, anyway, so was it Dwight? <laughs> I don't think it was either. Okay. <laughs> anyway, Smith your guys had yes. the draft of a cent- of the century, and uh, that's the key. Of course, you know we all evaluate together, and so everybody's supposed to take notes. And, you know, so we had Sid there. We had, you know, Eddie Perez, yep. Dwight Smith. 
Um, who were some of the other coaches? Uh, Marquise Grissom. Grissom's great too. And yeah, so so Grip is good. Well, we had some uh, good players there, and but yeah, you really got to pay attention, and then you got to. It all comes down to the draft because there were some there was some very uh, some new guys that they didn't pay attention to enough that oh, yeah. were really good that um, um, that that end up being some great players for his team. So is there some chance for the coaches or the people who are making the draft to actually see everybody like out there on the field in action before actually doing the draft? Yeah, so we have a we have a workout and I see. all the uh, okay. all the all the managers stay at the cage on the main field and they watch everybody hit. Gotcha. And then all the pitching coaches go to the cage and have everybody um, pitch and then they evaluate them. And then of course they we have some other stations where they're just hitting fly balls but they're really not watching them do that. Gotcha. They're just really seeing cuz pitching and hitting and um doing that that way so sweet it's gonna kill me trying to figure out who our other coach was i'll text you yeah. later you can, right. add, you can add it good. to the podcast we'll, yeah. sounds good we'll figure it out <laughs> well we appreciate you being oh, here man. with us and uh we look forward to another camp and and uh thanks for sharing your experience yeah you with got that. it and you've always been a big uh, proponent of our fantasy camp we really appreciate that and and just baseball in general i mean you you got one of the best shows I guess you award-winning show, right? I yeah, can say top that. twenty-five heavy hitter, heavy one hundred hitters, or something like that, in sports talk radio. So number yeah. twenty-five, unbelievable. Well, you're you're a great personality on there. Thank you, you work with some first-class people, no Sandra doubt about and it. And and I'm sure that's always nice to go to work and enjoy the people you're around. And of course, we've known I've known Sandra for a long time, and she's she's first class. She's the best. So I'm I'm happy for you, and I'm glad that you're getting to do that. Yeah, likewise. Good job. You've done a great job with what you're doing now too with Braves alumni and. Uh, to get this thing going and, and uh, to be a part of what you're doing with the fantasy camp, everything's been special. So I appreciate you guys as well. All right, thanks so much, Brian. We appreciate it. You got it. The Force will be strong at SunTrust Park on Friday, May 17th. That's right. Star Wars Night is back. With over 100 costume characters roaming around, you're sure to see your favorite heroes and villains. And with the Star Wars ticket pack, you can get a game ticket and co-branded BB-8 hat. Visit Braves.com slash Star Wars for all the details. Our thanks again to B-Finn, as I, as I refer to him. That's just because, again, that's what's his nickname, but I go with Twitter handle also. B-Finn86. B-Finn86, that's him. Uh, by the way, just a little side note, I had to bring up his, his little tour in NFL Europe just because I was like, the Barcelona Dragons sounds like the coolest friggin' yeah. team name ever. And they I had cool uniforms, they too. They did. They Weren't they like the cool. Tampa Bay Buck colors? I think so. Were they? I, I, I can't remember. They were more, they had some red in there. And, yeah. And uh, some gold and black and all that. They were they were pretty cool. That was very cool. Well, that was, listening to you guys talk about Braves Fantasy Camp was so cool for me just to hear exactly how it all goes down and what kind of friendship and bond you guys have. And it, it, I think I used the word vacation in there, and that's what it sounds like. It sounds like this dream vacation where you know you're going to get to meet up with these, these friends that you get to see for this one experience every year and get to do all these cool things every year. And it just sounds like something you get to look forward to, especially it's perfect time, too, in January because I'm going to guess a lot of people aren't in Florida and are coming from all over the country. And I'd say that's probably my favorite thing about spring training is just going down and enjoying the weather and being out of the, you know, getting down there early in the year. So to go down January has got to be a perfect time to go down there. That's right. January 14th through the 19th is our dates for 2020. And that seems to be a great time to get out of Atlanta. The weather's not always 
terrible compared to like you know new york and some of those places for these but still it's usually rainy and cold here it's going down there it's beautiful it's 75 degrees and and we're going out in the field and it feels like spring training i mean that's the idea we're just a couple a couple weeks ahead of the a curve before the other guys get down there but we, it's always a great time and uh, we have been very fortunate for the last uh, 10 years that i've been doing this we've missed probably a day and a half for rain combined so it's usually not not rain there's not rain going on i mean it's uh, you know there might be some overcast days but it's typically in the 70s it's a beautiful time this will be our first time in northport which is just south of sarasota where our new stadium cooled today stadium is going to be and we're really looking forward to the new facilities and being able to show that off and I know a lot of the campers are excited about um, being a part of that. All right so just to reiterate now what are the best ways for folks who want to you know look into this and get in touch with you the website all that good stuff where they can check out all the details. Yeah braves.com slash fantasy camp is our webpage. you can read about it we've got um uh, details on there about how to you can register on there uh, we we don't have any video right there but we've got pictures and then if you have any specific questions that aren't answered on the web page you can always email me um, fantasycamp at braves.com that's um that's a good way if there's a question that we haven't answered for you but uh, there's a lot on there a lot of information check it out uh, we'd love to have you we only take 70 people so that uh, there is a limited number, and it is for the one week, Tuesday the 14th through uh, the 19th, which is Sunday. So we'd love to have you. It's a great time. It's definitely one of those bucket lists, uh, as I hear from my uh, fantasy campers, that, uh, that they, they've not been disappointed. So it, it's a total VIP experience, and we just um, we make sure that uh, you have a good time. and. If you need to hit the ball, we, we let you hit a little bit. And if we need to strike you out, we strike you out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, you know baseball is a humbling game, so sometimes you yeah. need to be humbled. No, we've, we've just had a blast. And really, if you talk to any of the campers, you talk to any of the alumni, it's really the relationships that we've developed over the years and the fun that we've had. And there's, uh, of course, a million stories over the last 10 years that we've we've we still laugh at and and we get together with guys and hey you remember that and 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 so it's just there's a lot of camaraderie there and it's just a good group of people so we've had fun but invite anybody that's interested in it uh, shoot us a note and check us out online awesome well be sure to do that i'm looking forward to hopefully coming down there next year i think we need to take behind the braves down there next year if we can um but either I, i always lose my voice Later in camp because I'm talking so much, so we'll have to do it early in camp. Okay. All right. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Well, I'll just I'll I'll work on my Greg McMichael impression between <laughs> now and then. I got what seven eight months, so then I'll just I'll try to impersonate. Well, we may your have part. to have a special co-host. Maybe that's maybe what we should do. Spot. I think I think maybe we should have maybe at some point we should have a camper or two on here. Yeah, I think that'd be pretty. Oh yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. sure. Maybe we'll get Jeffrey Jeffrey Schmidt. To, okay. He could be good. He he helps me down there. Yeah. Okay. We'll get him on here sometime too. Then. All right. Perfect. All right, well, everybody be sure to go check out Braves Fantasy Camp. It's an awesome, awesome experience, as you've heard from, from Greg McMichael. And thanks again to Brian Finneran for, for showing up. He had just got done talking for three hours on the radio, yeah. and we literally went over and grabbed him as he was walking out of the studio. We're like, hey, you want to come talk for another hour <laughs> or however long? And he's like, yeah, sure. So uh, big, big thanks to him for coming on and talking. And, again, thanks to all of you for, for sharing, rating, reviewing, reviewing, and subscribing behind the Braves on iTunes. It's we do check the numbers on these things because obviously that's our growth is important to us in making this a long-standing 
and long enduring podcast and the numbers continue to rise and that's all thanks to you all out there the reviews i saw i was just reading this morning a couple recent reviews on itunes but folks are leaving some nice long thoughtful comments and reviews is really really cool we we do read them all we very much appreciate them so keep doing that keep just telling a friend sharing it however you want to twitter instagram story facebook wherever you want we're, we're here every week and new episodes every week new guests every week so please continue listening and sharing we very much appreciate it so for greg mcmichael i'm ricky mast we'll see you next time on behind the braves Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.